if you've ever listened to a podcast or read one of my books and thought, I wish I knew if that was the right thing for my body, or how could I make that work with my schedule and responsibilities, I've got something for you. A new workbook by me coming out late spring. My Perfect Movement Plan, the Move Your DNA all-day workbook, is for your specific situation because you are going to finish writing it. When you're finished, you will have a guide to a personalized movement diet that nourishes your body in the ways that you need it to. My Perfect Movement Plan is available for pre-order now, and if you pre-order from the publisher, there's a bonus, a free ticket to an upcoming online workshop, Spot the Missing Micronutrients. It's a 90-minute class where you'll learn about five often missing movement micronutrients, and these are subtle movements of the body. In this case, we'll be looking in the shoulders and the hips and the feet that are often tied to pain or injury in those areas. In this workshop, I'll also show you how to supplement with exercise vitamins. I'm putting air quotes around vitamins and how to adjust your regular movement so exercise supplementation isn't as necessary. Pre-order now at mpmpbook.com. That's my perfect movement plan, mpmpbook.com. And you'll automatically receive a bonus class ticket. But wait, there's more. Um, I'm going to be drawing three names from these pre-orders and these peeps are going to get a small group session with me to go over your perfect movement plan. So you can ask me questions and we'll brainstorm your specific situation on a Zoom call together. I cannot wait. So head over to mpmpbook.com for all the details on the book and the bonuses. Read through the frequently asked questions, order the book, get the class, and then get moving. I'm so excited to share this workbook. It's the missing puzzle piece you've been waiting for, and it's so very actionable. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. It's the Katie Says Podcast, where movement geek Danny Hemet, that's me, joins biomechanist Katie Bowman, author of Move Your DNA, for discussions on body mechanics, movement nutrition, natural movement, and how movement can be the solution to modern ailments we all experience. And today's show is my favorite kind. It's a mailbag show. Woo! Woo! That's M-A-I-L bag. I know. I love that you I like <laughs> that you spell it out just to avoid all of the M-A-L-E bag jokes, well, right? Is I, that I what know that's from? I know you. So I, I had to <laughs> I had to stop you before. You just nip you... it, nip it right in the mailbag. That's nip it in the mailbag. As in, those are questions that people send in to you via your website. And for those of you that don't know about this, there's a couple of forms. One is an email form that you can just go to katiesays.com and type in your question. We also have a really cool widget called SpeakPipe where you can click on it and record your question to Katie and then we play it on the podcast. So are we going to do that today? Do you have actual recorded questions? We have some recorded questions and some email questions. So we're, we're going both ways. It's pretty cool. Has anyone ever just recorded a message just to say hi? Uh, I get a lot of those. Really? Yeah, but they're to me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You should you should put them at the end. So yeah. just kind of like at the end of Romper Room, I see Mary and Josie yes. and they all want to say hi. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. that you remember that? Awesome. They never yeah, said my totally. name. Did they ever see Danny? Did she ever see Danny? 
No, no. And I just sit there on my living room floor on the green shag carpet thinking, dang. And I just sat on my orange shag carpet going, bummer. Oh, I know. She can't see me. Let's watch Captain Kangaroo then. If she can't see us, we'll watch Captain Kangaroo. Yeah. Mr. Green Jeans, way more sympathetic. All right. You want to do it? Yes. Let's do the mailbag show. (laughs) Excellent. All right. This first one's from Caitlin. Caitlin writes, hi, Katie. I'm a new but passionate believer. Oh, believer. gosh. She fits right in. Yeah. Love her. Is this you? Wait, is this no. you? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is really, this is Caitlin. She rules. Okay. okay. I am a new but passionate believer. I'm wondering if you have any suggestions for a six-month-old stubborn Achilles tendinopathy. I've been doing eccentric-only calf strengthening. Hmm. As well, I've been following your Save Your Knees, Build a Butt video, that's one of your alignment snacks, almost every day, and it has helped tremendously. Do you have any other suggestions? Also, what are your thoughts on orthotics, heel lifts, while the Achilles heals? Thank you so much. What was your hmm for? It's like, I've been doing eccentric, only cow strengthening. Hmm. I had to make sure I was reading it reading hmm. it right. So yeah, I'm under right. a blanket. Remember that. Right. It's dark under here. She's straining. She's straining, folks. Okay, so um, I guess I'll I'll just translate. So it sounds like she has an issue with her Achilles tendon. So that's for those of you who don't know, I think most people do, but the kind of the ankle cord where your calf muscles come together to become the tendon that goes around and attaches to your heel. Very common. Although a lot of people will have a tendonitis or they'll have, you know, maybe they'll have just general heel pain that's been undiagnosed. So she's doing eccentric only calf strengthening. So let me just, I'm not going to give an example of it because I don't know if there's an easy example. So I would like to see what she is actually doing that's eccentric only, but setting that aside, it sounds like, and she's doing save your knees, build a butt, which is actually, it's actually not an alignment snack. It's a, it's a webinar. It's one of the earlier webinars, you know, it's like an hour long class that was I did a I did an article for Prevention magazine which we can link to in the show notes for it was an it was a it was an, an article series that they did where they take someone with an injury and they do three different approaches like how would you adjust her or the person's training program to deal with what their goals were and what their limitations were so this build a butt class what stemmed from this article, which was, and then she voted, the, the woman did all three programs for a period of time and then voted which one was the best as far as her goals and her issues were concerned. And she picked mine. So then I created a whole class out of it just so everyone could do That's it. Right. So what the build a butt uh, webinar has in it is a lot of posterior leg strengthener as a unit, um, a lot of uh, single leg like arabesque type stuff, which you can find on the blog. You can find those exercises. You can find the exercises in the article. You can find even a um, a more fleshed out example of the single leg kind of, you know, it's like the wall where you hold onto the wall and you reach one leg out behind you, but you're rotating your thigh in a particular way. But what it, what I don't hear from what she is doing, which seems like she's got corrective exercises down, is how she's changing her everyday behavior. Because remember your your Achilles tendon, your whole body, but your Achilles tendon is responding to what you do all day long. So I would be interested in what what kind of shoes is she wearing the bulk of the time? A lot of people will have professional shoes, right? They go to work, they wear heels, and then they go hit 
the gym or, or a walk or whatever, but then they swap to a flat shoe. And sometimes that rapid transition from an all day shortened muscle to then demanding that it lengthen while you're doing, you know, a higher impact thing can aggravate Achilles issues. Mm -hmm. She wants to know what I think about orthotics or heel lifts. I think that that could be a good idea for you. But again, I would have to know what activities you do the bulk of the day. Something else that people forget is that sitting shortens your calf muscles and puts a lot of tension on your uh, Achilles tendon. So the calf muscle, if you start at your heel and trace up your leg, you've got one calf muscle that starts from the heel, goes over the ankle, goes over the knee before it attaches to the bottom of your thigh bone. So when you bend your knees, a la sitting in a chair, that muscle, that calf muscle adapts. So even if everyone's like, I wear flat shoes, but I still have tight calves, you might want to check the frequency with which you sit. So if she can- In a chair. In a chair. Well, in a chair or in any similar um, position. And that's actually a good kind of a side comment is- You know, when I did, I did write a post about this too. You can link to that also about um, sitting, shortening the calves. And so then everyone's like, well, then what about floor sitting? And it's not really the sitting that's the problem. It's that it's the repetitious sitting. So you've probably sat in the exact same chair or couch or office chair or car chair. And so then you adapt because you're doing the same thing all the time. If you're using floor sitting and you sit with your legs straight out in front of you sometimes, then it's perfectly fine to cross them, which is knee flexion, because it's different than how you are just sitting in a chair. Yes, it shortens your calves, but then they're not doing this long-term structural adaptation because you're not going to sit cross-legged for eight hours a day. You're going to switch to your legs out to the side and you'll put your legs straight. How much does she sit what shoes is she wearing? What I don't I think she would probably have told me if she's doing any sort of other sporting activity, but looking at looking at that and seeing if she can change that sitting frequency and sitting position will help. If you notice that going for a walk is aggravating your issue, then you might want to consider some sort of you know, you can say orthotics or heel lifts, but if she's wearing minimal shoes, she might just want to go to a shoe with a small heel on it. It doesn't have to be a medical device, right? It could just okay. be it could just be something that gives her a little bit of plantar flexion, a little bit of toe pointing. So that that would be my um other place to put your eyes, you know, and, and think about your Achilles tendon is affected by all by all of those things. Your shoes, your sitting and the types of movements, exercises that you're doing. So she's got the exercises down. So I'd look in those other two places. And if she has more details, send them our way via the speak pipe feature. Speak pipe. And I'll just end this. I'll end this by just saying, I see you, Caitlin. I see you, Danny. <laughs> Yay. She finally saw me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you're right about the build a butt. That's right. But for people that don't know about alignment snacks, I just... I often, you know, forget that you have so many new alignment snacks, but they're like, they're five bucks. Five bucks. Go to your site, you download them and you keep them. Mm-hmm. Five bucks and, and you keep them and they just, you can work on so many different pieces and parts with these snacks. And I added two, like with their foot book, there was two new, I mean, there's a couple on the feet and then there were two um, other ones, this, a foot massage. If you, if you haven't done the snacks... Caitlin <laughs> or anyone, <laughs> they're a really great way to actually do an, a super inexpensive, uh, you know, 
movement session mm-hmm. with me. And I think there's 20, uh, 22, I think there's 24, 25. There's 25. We just added a few more and um, they're, they're a great intro level. They're fun. They're fun. They are fun. They're fun and and so so short that there's really no twenty to thirty no time minutes. excuse. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like I, we dink around more than that on Facebook. So it's twenty minutes on a snack, and you just feel amazing afterwards. Yeah, so. I know. I found that I didn't want to do anything. I'm like, I don't hour long classes. It just seems so daunting. But twenty to thirty minutes, I just throw one on. You can do, you, you know, they're just all sorts of body part specific and you, and they're downloads, right? There's no, right. The, the carbon footprint of them is small. There's no waiting. You just, you just get it right mm-hmm. now and watch it right now. So I love the snacks. The snacks are good. Plus I and- filmed them right after I had my daughter. And so there's a couple, there's always outtakes. Um, and so, you know, everything I do is mostly outtakes with a small portion being the actual usable fee- piece of the film. So, <laughs> so the outtakes of, you know, I had a couple like where she's a little baby going through and, oh, I miss, I miss that yeah. little early time. And, and, and the occasional yawn on your part. I know. Being a, a breastfeeding mother who's not sleeping oh through the night. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there was one. And I think we ended up putting on the website. It's like, just a disclaimer. This is a mom with a two month old baby and she was very tired. The, the workout is awesome, but it might put you to sleep. Do not watch yeah. this while operating heavy <laughs> machinery. <laughs> Okay, before I move on, I also just want to mention that when you listen to a podcast, you listeners, you probably don't really care where it's recorded because you're just wherever you are listening to it. But if you're on the other side of the mic, like we are, it kind of matters. At least it matters to me. I'm very sentimental. So I just wanted to mention that this is the last podcast we'll be recording while I'm here in Montana. And our next one will be after I've landed in Colorado. Woo-woo. Which, where are you living in Colorado? Where are you going to be moving to? Boulder, 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 Boulder. Do you need walking buddies in Boulder? Hey, everybody. I need walking buddies in Boulder. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are going to have so many excited people that you are moving to Boulder. <laughs> yes, because Boulder is a very walky kind of place. Very walky hikey. Did you get hikey. Did you get that article I sent you about like some amazing hikes there? I did. I'm going to come gonna, visit you. You're going to come visit. I got an extra room. Come visit. We'll take a big group walking. All right. So our next question, this one is from Marie. Hi, Katie. This is Marie. And you can use this recording for your podcast if you wish. My question is this, have you ever heard of anyone using psoas release techniques uh, with people with disabilities, specifically people in wheelchairs or people that have support, breathing support? Thank you. I see you, Marie. That was a lovely (laughs) question. Um, I'm going all romper room today. So I do... I have some experience or knowledge of people using our psoas release. I think there's a lot of different psoas release techniques. So all I know is our psoas release, which is maybe it differs a little bit than what people would think. It's essentially bolstering your skeleton so that you can see what the resting tension is in not just the psoas, but the psoas and the iliopsoas and the rectus femoris, which is one of the quadriceps that attaches the femur to the pelvis. So the whole kind of crux of the work that I do, especially in the stuff that you, Danny, have trained in, which is the restorative exercise um, and alignment markers, is the idea that you can't fix the problem until you can actually see what the problem is. So we put everyone on 
a grid. And in, in our SOAS release, we put the body on a grid so that they can see the angle at which their SOAS is at rest, which is a little bit different than how it looks when you're standing, when you're doing different things to mask it. Um, the issue, the only issue with doing SOAS, our SOAS release with someone, you know, if they were in a wheelchair, would be the difficulty getting them into a supine position, which means laying out on their back. Our SOAS release works. It's, it's, it's not about it working. It's it's a measure Mm-hmm. that requires flat ground. So you can do a version of it on the bed, but the bed, when you lay on it, tends to form around you. So again, when you, if you have a psoas that has a resting length where your pelvis is tilted um, or your lumbar vertebrae are sheared or your thoracic, your rib cage is kind of moved out in front of you, when you lay flat on the ground, you see the space underneath. You'd be like, wow, I, my ribs are up in the air. I didn't really realize that. Or my low back is flat. Or my pelvis is in a particular position, but my thigh bones are, are, are up in the air. My knees are slightly bent. A tighter, shorter psoas is one of the reasons we, if you go get a massage or when you go to bed at night, people like to f- prop their knees or bolster their knees because there's a lot of uh, tension that the resting configuration of a skeleton under the influence of a tight psoas will place on the lower back. Mm -hmm. So if you can get that someone in a wheelchair down onto the floor to be able to do it, then, I mean, depending on what sort of um, skill sets and and movement capabilities they have, all you're doing is you are letting your body hang out in a situation where gravity can work on the psoas. There's nothing really uh, to do. You know, you're like you, you've done the psoas release. You know, you're not mm-hmm. trying to you're not trying to move anything in a particular place. What the psoas, you know, there's like two. There's this resting tension in the body, which would be passive resting tension. And I'm going to use an example of. Um, the, the kneecap release. So if you haven't done the kneecap release, if you're listening to this, you want to go search that on the blog or you can um, alignment monkey. She's got a great video of kneecap release. Every, everyone seems to have done a video of the restorative exercise kneecap release. So you can find some example on YouTube, I'm sure. Just put in restorative exercise kneecap release. A lot of people will feel like my, my quads are so tight. My kneecaps are always up. I can't let them down but we move their body geometry around in a way and then boom, they come down. It's not always that Mm -hmm. easy. Sometimes it takes a long time. So in that case, their kneecaps were up. There was tension in the quadriceps, but it wasn't tension that needed to be stretched or coaxed out. It was simply, you have to stop tensing them. But when you've been holding a muscle in a particular way in order to whatever, you know, there's, there are reasons you would hold your uh, quadriceps tight. You're so unaware that you're doing it all of the time that when I say, Hey, could you let your kneecaps down? You're like, what are you talking about? I didn't pick my kneecaps up. They're just like that. They can't not be like, you know, there's this whole like mental thing where Mm -hmm. you've been doing it so long that you no longer recognize that you're actively doing it. And it takes a while to find that active signal of tense that you are sending out. And the psoas is also one of those muscles. There are also passive adjustments where you can't get a full release necessarily. 
in the moment. Like there are structural adaptations to behaviors like sitting or, you know, if you lift your chest all of the time or tuck your pelvis or whatever else you do that changes the orientation of the attachment points of the psoas. And there are 24 attachment points of the psoas major, just in case. So as major, you know, there's, it's, it's a major, it's like a huge starfish and you've got one on the right and one on the left side of your vertebral column. And it's got all these fingers that are touching your vertebrae and the discs and the femurs, and they can, it can move a lot of your parts. And a lot of people are tensing it willingly but unconsciously, they've mm-hmm. just been doing it so long. So as release creates a platform in which you're going, I didn't, I can't relax. Where am I going to relax into? And if the bed were underneath you, you wouldn't be able to relax. But if you get someone on the floor, they can release. And if someone's disabilities are related to their structural orientation, then it can be beneficial. My dad's 88 and I will get him in a psoas release. He has two artificial hips. It's not easy for him to get down or get back up, but I will put him in it and it makes his hips and it makes his SI joint and it makes his digestion better, but it's quite labor intensive. It's not anything he does on its on his own because it's too much work where I go set up everything and I help him down and then we just hang out while he's down there for 20 minutes. Yeah. So that's the, that's the biggest limitation, right? Is, is the assistance. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a release, you know, like I had a client this week and say, I think I need to stretch my psoas. And I'm like, I don't think we need to do that. I think we need to release it. There's a, that's different. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to, a lot of people are trying to stretch their psoas without actually recognizing that they're, they themselves are holding it. Mm-hmm. It's like you are both holding it and trying to stretch it at the same time. You're freaking the, the muscle fibers out. Like they don't, that's, that's like protection mode, right? When you're you are creating your own opposition, even if it's unconsciously. So yes, release. I'm much more a fan of, of the release. Yes. Excellent question. Excellent answer. Well Thanks, Mar- Thanks, Marie. I, I'd, I'd let you go home, but we, there's more. <laughs> okay. You could have ended on that because that was good, but there's okay. more. Okay. okay. So here's a question we have about torso length, and it is from Megan. Megan writes, and this is a long question, so stick with me. Megan writes, a short torso. And big wide ribs are the bane of my existence for more reasons than one. Working on being able to squat down, I can get down in a pretty good squat, but I feel absolutely useless once down there. I have a very short torso. The bottom of my big straight ribs are about an inch off the top of my hip bones on the side, thus putting my knees in my armpits when I am squatted down into a comfortable resting position. Couple that with the big boobs hanging off the front. And squatting is a very impractical way for me to do anything besides the squat itself. Is this something that increased mobility in my hips and shoulders could help with? Or is it just one of those things I will have to work around? And along with that, I have a long way clearly to go in work. I can do in flexibility, but in flexibility of the torso with like twisting, etc. Is the closeness of my ribs to my hips a potentially actual limitation? Or an imagined created by my life limitation. Gee whiz, that's, that's a, a long. That's a long. Yeah, that's a long question about a short torso. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I could have written this essentially because I have like a two-inch torso max, as opposed to my dad and my sister and my husband and my children and my dad and my sister both have that extra 
vertebrae. They have long torso. I have a short torso. Um, the big wide ribs that she's talking about, ribs are malleable. And so there are things that like the, when your ribs are, are flared, which is what I'm imagining she's referring to with her big white Mm -hmm. ribs, which by the way, are not the bane of your existence. They are the facilitator of your existence. So just to change the internal message, your short torso and your wide ribs are the essence of your existence. So don't think about them (laughs) in the way, like without them, you would be dead. So you've actually got it completely backwards. They are facilitating your existence and they're beautiful. Mm. Um, however, big wide ribs are simply ribs that are not being managed properly by your core musculature. Ooh, right. Yeah. So shift. yes, that's a shift in thinking. And what I would re- refer back to is maybe the diastasis recti show. I think that, uh, Megan, you can benefit from listening to the diastasis recti show because I believe that we talk about ribs mm-hmm. and, 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 and it's also going to be in, I just finished writing a, a expanding on a big section of this in the diastasis recti book and the core strength book coming up because, you know, your ribs are connected to your pelvis, uh, via your abdominal muscles. And when they are, are wide, it's an indication of particular, of just the goings on of your torso. And that can be um, respiratory issues, uh, diaphragm issues, abdominal strength issues, all of those being affected by the amount of strength that you do or do not have. So in that way, um, it's an actual, she's asking, is it an actual limitation or is it an imaginary limitation? It's a real limitation. However, it's a malleable limitation, which means it is not a limitation that's going to be in front of you impeding you for the rest of your life. It's an indication that core strength might facilitate your squats. And now we're back to this bigger idea, which is there's not fixing your upper body and then getting a good squat and then getting core strength. It's It all goes together. Like her squat will become more comfortable the more core strength she has because it's going to position her ribs in a way where they're not you know, interfering. And then also when we think of again, so this is in move your DNA, the book where, you know, you break down and we talk about a squat as having this form, but the form to the squat is really to elicit a very particular response to doing the squat. Squats in real life are not the type of squat you do for exercise. It is a, a dynamic movement in a lowered position. So, um, you know, I'm out picking strawberries for two hours and I'm in a squat position the entire time, but that squat position is really just a category of a hundred different positions that I assumed Mm -hmm. that we will call squat. So if you're trying to squat, we know with your feet, pelvis width apart and your knees pointing in this direction and your pelvis down and your ribs in this place, then of course your boobs are going to be, you know, right up on your thighs. It's not very practical, but neither is just sitting there in a squat. Right. So she, if you're trying to get work done in front of you, like I'm picking strawberries and again with my short waist and my big boobs, like I'm moving around and I'm I've got my chest rotated. Right. Because in mm-hmm. a real life squat, you movement is large and rotational. So don't feel like you have to squat in a particular position. If your knees and armpits are interfacing and you don't want them to be, then just twist your torso and do the task that you're trying to do in your squat off to one side or the other side or assume a different kind of squat where, you know, pick anything off of the think outside the chair poster or 
or blog post or, you know, picture and move your DNA where there's like 30 or other, or maybe even more squat like positions that don't have this really narrow constraint that you find uncomfortable right now. So that would be, is that a good enough answer? That's a great answer. That's a big old plate of freedom for Megan because she got freedom from her her way of thinking about her ribs. She got more movement in her squat. I mean, yay. Yeah. Everyone right now, call to mind the part of your body that you like the least and realize that without it, you would die and that it's mm. awesome. What is that? What is that for you? How For me? Yeah. Do you have one? Um, actually, yeah. Is my, is my legs. I, I always thought I had short legs and I would complain and I was a teenager and my mom said, well, if you didn't have legs, why would you be? And I thought, huh? So I really don't, you know, there was that, that's when the dislike ended. I was like, yeah, these are cool, man. They carry me around. That's what it was for me. I don't really have a part now just because of I love that. Just draw like a little heart, right? Yeah. <laughs> just go give her a little heart tattoo, give her a little but extra love. But it's, to the it's true. It all matters, right? It all matters. It's it's holistic. You can't be hating. You can't be hating on yourself because that part is be you. Don't be a hater. That's true. Don't be That's a hater. Right. And and Megan, yeah, go back to the Diastasis Recti podcast. And also, when can we look forward to that book? <gasps> oh my gosh. Sorry so to soon. put the pressure the, on you. I know. It's okay. It's okay. Um, it'll be out the end of 2015. So right now... We are yes. in the summer, right? This will probably air in August of yep. 2015. And so by, like, you just have months. Like you just have a few more months and we'll probably um, pre-order it with some sort of – we'll probably couple some special core strengthening alignment snacks mm-hmm. with it for a pre-sale. So look for that pretty soon. Cannot wait. I know. All right. Either. Let's move on. That was a good answer. Thanks. Okay. Hey, here we have one from the Mountain States. Hi, Katie. This is Danny. I'm um, – calling from Montana. I have moved twice in the past two months and really moving. It sucks. And I was just wondering if you'd ever consider coming out and helping me pack up my house to help me out. (laughs) Thanks. Love your work. (laughs) Can you imagine the gall of some people, the things they ask of you? Some people are so rude. (sighs) How did I not weed that out of these questions? Good Brief. You are. I want everyone to know that you've moved twice <laughs> in what thirty days. Uh, yeah, about about forty. So Woo-hoo. you moved out of your house to yes. the new house only to get the job offer for the family to a different I state. I feel like Judd Hirsch and running on empty. I just get pack up and go, pack up and go. So did yeah. you just make a running on empty reference? Oh my gosh! Oh, River Phoenix. I love totally. that movie. It's a great movie. It It is a great movie. And frankly, I always wanted to kind of be in the witness protection program. Same here. Really? Yeah. I've always wanted to be an asset to a crime so that I could be in the witness (laughs) protection program. I didn't want to actually commit the crime, but I wanted protection. Right. Yeah. That was a great movie. You don't know me. Um, okay. Anyway, I'm not going right, to answer so, that question. I don't. I, that I sure wouldn't. Good <laughs> Lord. Okay. So the next question is from Andrew. Andrew writes, "I really loved the audiobook version of Move Your DNA. Can we look forward to a whole body barefoot audiobook narrated by Katie Bowman as well? Please, 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 please." Well, Andrew. I want to just let you know that, <laughs> yes, there is, and it's been out for a couple months now, on audible.com, Whole Body Barefoot, audiobook narrated by yours truly, including, including 
an outtake reel, just like Move Your DNA had. Did oh. have you listened to the audiobook? Oh no. Oh my gosh. The 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 book, the audiobooks alone are worth the price. Oh, I had no idea for the audio outtakes. And I didn't even the stuff that the guy who produced my book cold for the for the outtakes are freaking hysterical there and I was like I don't have any recollection it's like some sort of audiobook Tourette syndrome where I'm just you're locked by yourself in a sound booth for hours at a time and I would just be I guess I spontaneously make noises and sing anyway which I didn't really realize until you know friends listening to it go yeah that sounds like you pretty much all of the time and uh, yeah so so uh I thanks for the tip yes that's good Outtakes, people. Outtakes. Outtakes. Yeah, I can speak from experience. There are some noises going on. And it is funny. <laughs> They're mostly Very coming good. out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. It is mouth noises. And so All Audible, right. you can get it on Audible, but you can also get it on iTunes. Oh, okay. Just cool. download that right to your little device and go out for a walk and listen yeah. to it. And the audiobooks, the audiobooks come with PDF. So if you're worried about not like wanting visual visuals. I think a lot of people don't buy audiobooks for movement books. I think I'm one of the few well, people. Well, yeah, I, I don't actually right. for that reason. Yeah. You get a PDF with all of the pictures and all of the uh, written explanations as well. So it's kind of like you get the content on the go so you don't have to sit and read it. But when you're ready to do um, the actual exercises, you can just sit and refer to the PDF that's included. Well, that's good news. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. I see you. I see you, Andrew. <laughs> All right. So this next question is from Siri, not the girl in your phone, but Siri. Hi, Katie. This is Siri from Norway. I am seeing a therapist at the moment, and she is talking about what she calls hypotension. I've heard you and several others speaking about hypertension in muscles and fascia, which to me seems to be a very normal term. So coming to this therapist and hearing about hypotension, uh, which she explains as a muscle lacking tension or having given up, if you will, uh, which can be caused by traumas, both physically and emotionally, leading a muscle to kind of go into this lack of tension. So it's difficult for me to grasp my head around what that really is, what it looks like, and does that mean that the muscle stops sending signals to the brain that is actually there so you can't feel it anymore and how can you treat muscles or fascia in this state so hopefully you can clarify this to me what is hypotension and what can you do about it so thank you okay well there's so just to clarify hypertension hyper is a lot so too much tension hypotension is the the opposite, too little tension. Um, a more correct uh, term for tension in this case is, is usually tone. So um, hypotonicity is also referred to as flaccid muscles. I have never, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, but I've never heard hypotension or flaccid muscle diagnoses um, for things other than motor nerve issues, um, where there, where there's like a, like there can be a trauma, a nerve trauma where 
where the muscle itself no longer responds to the signal, in which case you would have a flaccid muscle. And it's also hard in the translation. So I imagine mm-hmm. that that sometimes, you know, like if you're in, she's in Norway, I think, right? So if you're the Norwegian scientific terms should line up with the, you know, the the English ones. But if they don't, that that might be a, a place where trying to reconcile, you know, what you're reading in English here, which is different than an, in a Norwegian journal. I've searched, you know, Google Scholar and PubMed for flaccid muscles or, or um, skeletal muscle hypotonicity. And I've only seen it associated with nerve damage. So I'm wondering if sometimes when we speak, we speak casually, she would want to clarify with her therapist that she's not using flaccid muscles or hyper hypotonicity in lieu of a muscle weakness, you know, a muscle that's not contracting. Um, so Siri would know if she's had, you know, major muscular damage, like trauma, where there was nerve or actual tissue damage where the m- muscle itself is no longer responsive. Or if this is just a a more casual reference to you don't have enough tone in your muscles. We like you to have more tone, in which case, you know, you can improve your tone by moving more, but in a, in a very specific way, depending like if most, most cases of muscular hypotonicity outside of some, you know, whole body genetic condition would just be spot, you know, you have a spot, you have like one muscle that's not responding the way it should, or a muscle group, whether you got in an accident or, or whatever, you know, whatever the, the situation might be that it's the same, it's really the same thing. It's, it's, um, I, I work with people often who have very low tone. And again, tone is not a super specific word, but I, I think of it as a, a resting tension where when you go, the muscle is like primed, it's inner, it's it's ready to go and primed for movement and, and its response and capability with dealing with the loads that come on as you're moving, it's able to facilitate that movement with strength and stability, you know, many muscles mm-hmm. doing that all at once. And the way I train people in it is that's what I use alignment for because what I don't think a lot of people are aware of is your muscles respond in very to a very particular geometry, meaning if you're creating a motion in a particular plane, but the muscle that you want to help you while moving through that plane is located in a different plane because of, you know, I think of like a forward bend. So you have like hamstrings down the backs of your legs that as you do a forward bend are going to let you go down and then are going to help you back up again. But as you turn your feet out, what you're doing is you're turning a portion of your hamstrings away from the plane in which they would function or contribute to that forward bend. So you can do a forward bend having less action, less activation, less performance in your hamstrings because your position is such where it has removed the leverage capability or the force generating capabilities of a muscle. So what I do when someone has a tone problem is before I assume that they have a tissue damage, I go, well, maybe you're just not ever lining up your planes of action with the muscle that you thought you were using. So a lot of people, when they teach and take an exercise class or or do an exercise for a specific thing, they'll show me, I'm I'm doing this for my, you know, biceps. It's like, well, that's awesome. But the way that you are 
doing it means very little biceps can actually work. So here, this is why we adjust your form, right? So that's the whole thing Mm -hmm. with bodybuilding or alignment or postural adjustments is that you are bringing a higher percentage of what should be working for that motion to that motion so that that motion is executed better, betterly. I think it's betterly. (laughs) So hopefully that helps Siri. Yeah. And I just want to add that if the Siri in my phone had a voice as beautiful as Siri from Norway, I would be asking my phone questions all the time, (laughs) all the time. Okay. This next one is from Sarah who writes, I saw a biomechanist on TEDx recently and was beaming to ask you, when are you going to do a TED talk? Come on, Katie. Come on. I have no idea. I don't like, I, I have, I don't know when they ask me. Here, here, here's, here's what I know. Listener land. I see you all. Uh, I think you have to be nominated. That is my understanding. Hmm. Is that people that have done TED Talks get nominated, like professors, you know, will have uh, their, the people that have learned under them will nominate. So that's, I understand how the process works. So that's the only answer I know about that. It's I'd not probably, like you're holding out on us. I'd be too embarrassed. Like, I don't, I don't, I can't even imagine myself. Like, I just, I'm not, I, I don't know. I would just like, what am I gonna, I'd be, I'd be. I'd, You'd be awesome. There'd be so many outtakes. Do they have TED outtakes? Because I would <laughs> totally nail it if they did. <laughs> Maybe you could just do a whole talk. Yeah. Just outtakes only. All right. Um, the next question is from Chris. Hi, Katie. Your work is incredible. I'm a longtime fan, period. Would love to hear a podcast about exercising, movement, and science of the facial muscles. Something that would appeal to the vanity in most of us, period keeping us young looking. (laughs) You've spoken a lot about the chewing muscles and the importance and science behind that. How about the other facial muscles? Thanks. Danny, how do you feel about doing a show on facial muscles? I would love that. Uh, Yeah. And I think we could probably, we could flesh out. (laughs) 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 I just got in an argument with someone. They said it was a flush out. Like, you know, like, like, like just get rid of all the stuff that doesn't matter and keep what's left. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But I think it's flesh. It's well, like, no. they, it, it is both sayings, but different content, you know, yeah, different yeah, meanings. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Flesh, you are correct. That was a, a pretty cheeky person that tried oh, to argue with you. Oh. I can't even, I, why do I even try? Why do I even try oh, I to keep up with you? But yeah, we could do facial muscles. I think, um, I've done, you know, and I've written blog posts, Chris, if you want to go check it out on the muscles, like of the tongue, I have got cool stories about the muscles of my own nose. So yeah, let's do that. So yes, okay. yes, we can, period. That the sounds end. good. X-O-X-O-K-A-B. <laughs> All right. Our last one. We've got a few more minutes. This one is from Rhonda. Rhonda writes, hi, I love your podcast. I was wondering if you know of any solutions for cracked heels and reasons, mechanically speaking or otherwise, for their existence. It's been slowing down my barefoot time. Well, I I, ha- I do have- You got to help Rhonda. I know. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. I told you I was feeling singing uh-huh. today. Yep. I asked, I thought I would go right to the source and ask my BFF, who is also a podiatrist, her input first, and then I will comment on it otherwise. Because I thought if, you know, if, if you can get free advice, why not take it? So for Rhonda, here was my BFF DPM's answer. If we knew all the reasons why this happened, I believe we would have cured the problem by now. Cured is in quotes. Uh, the big culprits are shearing forces 
and evaporation of the foot's natural moisture when wearing an open shoe. So shearing, fo- shearing, shearing voices. I'm mm-hmm. shearing voices. Hello. Shearing forces are like if you put your hands together and you rub them back and forth, that motion of of one part sliding past another is a shear force. Um, the feet I treat most often are those exposed to air w- by wearing shoes that are open at the heel. The fat petting tends to be thicker, allowing for more movement or friction. Uh, if the fissure gets so bad that they harden and or crack, then... <laughs> Debriding away the hard skin is usually necessary. Uh, see, this, this <laughs> wait, hold on. I got to read the whole thing so you can okay. get the full picture. Okay. I typically also employ, <laughs> I just, I got to read this so good. Debriding away the hard skin is usually necessary. I typically also employ topical <laughs> keratolotics, kera. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I, I recognize it. It's K-E-R-A, which is skin, T-O-L-Y-T-I-C-S. Huh. And she employs these topical, whatchamacallits, under occlusion, um, and often prescribe a more closed shoe for a period of time. So this is someone who can actually speak normally in conversation, unless she's talking about feet, in which case <laughs> a medical dictionary must be at your side the entire time. Um, but basically what she's saying is uh, she'll – give a skin softener under occlusion, mean like just cover your foot, right? So put something on your foot and wrap it up. So, and then don't expose your foot to so much air because everyone knows that's Mm -hmm. bad for your feet. Okay. So that's, that's your kind of your traditional take on it. And I, Mm -hmm. I have, I don't have that deep cracking, but my feet are extremely, extremely dry. If I had to, to pick piece of my body that gave me the most grief. I'm always like, oh God, I hate you. It's, it is the skin on my feet. And that's obviously not okay since I love my feet. And without that foot skin, I, you know, would have to cut them off. So, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to take my own medicine here, but I'll also say that as for, as far as skin softeners, I've tried everything. And I I just want to give a shout out to what I recently found, which has been amazing. And I have tried everything to keep my feet from being really, really dry and constantly peeling. And that's Moon Valley Organics. Have you ever heard of them? Mm -mm. Even if you do nothing else, but go to your website and look at their super cute website and watch their video of how they got started. It's amazing. But Moon Valley Organics. Moon Valley Organics. And they have two products, Soraya Soothe. Mm. And I I like them already. Yes. Right. And the other one's called like Eczema Calm. (laughs) <laughs> so I've tried them both because no one really knows if it's eczema or psoriasis on my foot. It's just kind of like an inflammation that just constantly peels. It does worse under uh, friction um, or shear forces, right? Also, when I travel um, by plane, when they swell, that's enough stretch of the skin where it aggravates it. Mm-hmm. So those two things have been awesome. I can't remember. I think this psoriasis soothe ended up working out better for me. Yeah, and I'm sure everybody's a little bit, you know, everyone's just different, but those are just yeah, yeah, and they're and it's a it's a Washington company. Oh, cool! It's a local Washington company. Something else though is hydration. You know, we with that kind of reduced mentality, it's all like there's something wrong with your foot skin. But I also have a problem with dehydration. This like hydration comes from the inside, right? Right. Your skin's hydration isn't about what you put on topically. Yes, the external environment matters, but your internal environment also matters. And I tend to be low on oil 
and fluid anyway. So look into maybe dietary um, changes. You can ask someone about, you know, how to be more hydrated. And yes, that means drinking more water, but it also usually means eating more oil, Mm -hmm. right? Because some good fat in your diet, a lot of good fat, because, you know, you can keep putting water on your deck, but it just sucks it up that the true hydration is when you've sealed it, you know? So maybe that. And then also how do you use your whole body all of the time, right? So Mm -hmm. she's, she's barefoot, but what about other things like circulation down to the lower legs so that the skin's super healthy as a whole, you know, how much are you using your calves? If you did the calf stretch, what would that tension look like in there? So that would be my input for that. Hopefully that was helpful because that question resonated with me. I'm like, here's my secret thing that I just discovered, you know? I mean, I've had a problem for years and years and years. And the psoriasis soothe that I put on, it was like a week. And I'm like texting pictures going, no way. I put it on before I got on an airplane and then I covered it, right? So that's occlusion. You want to go ahead and close it off with some good socks and let it saturate, you know? Now, do you do the socks at night as well? I do. I mean, I- Yeah, that's what I do when they're starting to get dry. Yes, right. Sleep so with cotton socks. And- you're already not walking around. So if you want to mm-hmm. moisturize and put something on, I did that mostly because there's like little oily footprints all over the house, which are <laughs> my, like, my, my husband's like, enough, enough with the oil on your feet. All it's like pat, 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 little like little gnome size eight and a half footprints all over our house. It was <laughs> the coconut. That's some gnome. It was the coconut oil gnomes. They're just all over the house while we sleep. So yeah, that would be uh, some some mailbag advice for you. Excellent, excellent mailbag. Rhonda, time. I see you, Rhonda. Rhonda got her help, and that brings us to time. All right, well, um, have a great move, Danny, and for Thank all you. of you out there, thanks for listening. Um, if you want more information on books, uh, online classes, the alignment snacks that we talked about, whatever, you can find me. Katie Bowman at katiesays.com. You can learn more about Danny Hemmett, Movement Warrior, and three-time interstate box packing champion. Woo! Woo! MoveYourBodyBetter.com. See you later. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. 